Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hi, and welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining me on another edition of the Intentional Encourager podcast. And today's episode is going to be very unique. I can say, I can honestly say, we have not had an episode like this before, and we probably are not going to have an episode like this again. So, behind the scenes a little bit. So, we're recording this on a Wednesday evening here in the United States, where I live, on the East Coast of the United States. But my guests are already in the next day. It's nine o'clock in the morning in the Sydney, Australia area where I am delighted to welcome. You can find them both on LinkedIn. You can find Sandy Colombo on LinkedIn and you can find D Mills. Together they run valuable business conversations. I highly recommend if you are on LinkedIn, go to valuable business conversations and get linked up with these unbelievable rock star ladies. And it's my pleasure to welcome Sandy and Dee into the Intentional Encourager podcast. Ladies, how's everything in Australia today? Hi, it's good. Well. Hi, yeah, very well. Yes, the future's looking bright, Brian. <laughs> the sun still got up. <laughs> That's awesome. So I know now what the next day is gonna look like a little bit. That's great. That's great. Michael J. Fox had nothing on you guys back to the future you guys were already doing time travel i want to I, I really appreciate you both being on the intentional encourager podcast so let's talk a little bit about as we're recording now in the midst of covid 19 you ladies are leading some really valuable business conversations because there is not a corner of the globe that is not being affected in some way shape or form by COVID-19. As you think about how these conversations that you have, if you think a month ago about these conversations and then think about where we are today, what is the biggest thing that has changed about business conversations in the last month or so that you can put your finger on? Oh, good question. Um, do you want to go first? I please? have an answer. <laughs> I. I would think that the business conversations that have changed is it's now all about managing emotions. I think before this, every business leader we had there were there were roller coasters, there were ups and downs in business, mm -hmm. but it was spaced out, or they came in times that were seasonal. So you know, if you're in the tourism industry, your part, you know, it's winter. People don't travel, so you were able to manage the emotions that go around um, business when it's quiet. Since COVID, these emotions that every business leader needs to deal with when they're de working with a team and leading a business, it's all being compacted. It, mm -hmm. it, you could be going through a range of emotions in one day or last week everything was okay, now it's not. So it's the, I, I feel the conversations are very much around how quickly change is happening. That's just me, I don't know, Sandy? <laughs> yes, Sandy, I wanna get your take on that as well too. I think all of that, I agree. I also think, or 
I know that there'll be no more high men that are actually um, living in their ego bubbles. And they've been, I don't know what it's like for you guys, uh, particularly in the States, because I don't mm-hmm. think that, but I do know in Australia, we've seen a number of these types of people. For example, we've just recently had at the beginning of the year, a principal of a private boys school who um, basically lived in this ego bubble, thought it was okay that the kids um, were, you know, actually didn't even, they were sexually um being sexually groomed um, right. by by teachers, and the only thing the principal of that school was interested in was the fact: Are you going to wear your school uniform to court? Oh my! I mean, yeah, it was like it was, re- and then he refused to resign um, after that. And it's like this guy lives in a world where he's just surrounded himself by yes people, and yep. then you look at our banks; it's the same thing, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, ripping off people and these bank these these leaders of banks you know making huge amounts of money and i have no problem with people making profit in their business of course that's important but not at the expense of people who are losing their farms or their livelihoods right or showing people that had been dead for 10 years and they were still selling them things I mean, it was quite bizarre <laughs> yeah and, you know and 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 you see these these leaders of business that are just all about profit and not about people. So what I see, I see the silver lining to this situation is that we are going to put people above profit. Well, um, and you hit on such a great point there because it's, it's the same thing in the United States, Sandy. It is CEOs of companies. And I love what you said about being in an ego bubble. That is so valuably important because you're seeing CEOs of companies say, well, I'll take a 20% pay cut or I'll take a 30% pay cut. And here's the bottom line. And, and we saw this. There was a, a commissioner of a college sports league. So college athletics here in the States is very, very big. And this commissioner was taking a 20% pay cut and people were still coming back going, yeah, but you're making six and a half million dollars a year a 20% pay cut on six and a half million dollars a year is a drop in the bucket. You know, it's, it's not anything in the grand scheme of things. Exactly. When people are losing jobs every day. And I think you're so correct is hopefully this pandemic will get people in upper management CEOs to think a little bit differently. So Sandy, let me throw this question to you. How then can we convince these people in these upper management positions that have nicer salaries and things like that to think a little bit differently and think more like the people that they manage because the people that they're managing and leading are are afraid of the unknown right now. So how do we change that thinking in upper management in in a lot of these companies? interesting Brian because I've been on a one woman crusade doing that myself but I've been thinking about the fact of it all starts with us individually right it's no different to the coronavirus we've got to wash our hands and stay away from others right so we don't spread it it's the same thing with responsible tourism um, D does responsible outsourcing. It's the same thing with responsible shopping and responsible yep. banking and responsible dealing with any company. So before you spend your money with uh, 
let's say that private school I was talking about or the bank I'm talking about, what you need to look at is, are they congruent with the messages and the values that I have and that I want to give my children? Because when we talk about this school and when we talk about this bank, right, we look at they're incongruent with, with, with the messages that the people actually want. But we don't think as one person that we can make a difference, but we can because if every parent at that school or every person in that bank said, you know what, I don't think that that's acceptable, I'm now going to walk with my feet or at first send a letter even, you yeah. know, make some sort of, you know, email, whatever, make some correspondence to say, okay, firstly, I don't accept these things and if they don't change, I always think you need to give people the opportunity to change. Well, um, Sandy, let me jump in here a minute. And, and, and what you're saying is so, so good. We have a saying here in the States, money talks and BS walks. Hmm. And so what, what you're saying is that people need to start really, if, if what I'm hearing you say is let your money start doing walking with things that align to what you believe in. And if it doesn't align with what you believe in, then you have the power to make your money walk elsewhere. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. And I think it's our responsibility mm. as individuals. I think it's even bigger than that, Brian, right? We sit there and go, oh, what can we do about it? Well, if every person who was unhappy at that school, and we're just using these as examples, and every person that was unhappy with that bank, walked right mm -hmm. would the ceo still be earning you know his three million or whatever it is or the principal still be there that's right, right. the fact that we think we're powerless right and say oh well i've got a bank somewhere well look for a bank that is congruent with your community and i'm sure that in the us like they are here in australia there are plenty of banks that are community banks mm -hmm. uh, that's right and they'll use that i think if i bank Personally, uh, for, for my business, I bank with Bendigo Bank in Australia because they're a community bank. They've given back to the kids' sport. Um, mm -hmm. so, so to me, that's congruent with the messages that I, um, I run with in my business. Mm -hmm. so we're so congruent. It's about, being, it's about being a conscious shopper, isn't it? Yeah. Great point, Dee. Great point. Yeah. Congruent, though, with your own values. Yeah. Right? That's, that's the key. Well, and we, and we have things here in the States that there are a lot of, we have small business Saturdays. Um, many states have, in, have sales tax holidays that they want people to, to keep their money within that state to shop. There are a lot of shop local initiatives. Mm -hmm. That, that, you know, small businesses will say, hey, we're going to run discounts and sales to keep people shopping here as opposed to going on the internet and shopping globally. Now we want to bring that and shop locally. And so, yeah, Sandy D, I think you both have hit something very well. So let me transition to, to, to something that you guys have hit well together. Tell me the story of how the two of you partnered up. I know the story, but share for our intentional encourager listeners the story of how you two partnered up to do something really neat and creative together. See, I, 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 I was going to say, I'd like to say, Brian, we were really smart and we sat there and we were really strategic about all of what we did. It was all really by accident. 
And, you know, I had, I had met Dee through, co I was working for another business coaching and I met Dee when she was working for another um, business and Dee was um, uh, someone that I coached. And then when Dee actually started her own business, uh, she, we, we, we caught up again and mm -hmm. it just sort of eventuated from there, didn't it, Dee? Yep, pretty much. You and I were both having conversations with business owners and business leaders separately and we were seeing the value in what they were saying but it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation and you and I would come out of that and think oh my gosh I just met so-and-so and so-and-so they've got such a great story um, that would add value to anyone who heard it but how do we amplify it they're just one person I'm just one person so Sandy and I decided well together there's two of us, let's help amplify the business leaders and the business owners out there who have got valuable business conversations to share because uh, one voice alone is small, but when you join as a group, it's such a bigger voice. So it was about amplifying the amazing people we were meeting in our organic journeys, wasn't it, Sandy? It was, but it was, it was also to Dee and I collaborated. So our businesses weren't, are still separate. But we collaborated yep. and what we saw from our collaboration was the fact that business grew for Dee through uh, my contacts and through Dee's contacts, my business grew. And one day we just went, and we were using LinkedIn a lot mm -hmm. and people were coming to us and saying, you know, you, you're really good on LinkedIn. How do I you? And I'm saying to Dee, oh, for goodness sake, you know, I've got my own business to run. Right. And the same goddamn conversation. So we started the academy where we, where we went, okay, we'll put all of our information in there about how to use LinkedIn. So then we don't have to repeat ourselves. And then we sort of like, but, and then people asked us the next thing, like, well, how do you collaborate? And how do you do an online course? And how do you do or whatever it was that they wanted to know? Because that's what you're doing. And so it sort of just eventuated. And then the name came to us one day. Well, these are all valuable business conversations. These are all things that we needed in our business to grow our businesses to the next level. So if we need it, every, I mean, every business has a business gap, right? right? So our idea was, you know, if we got all of these people together and then we could, we could help empower other businesses grow then our businesses would grow and, and it would save us time too. <laughs> it was all about time. <laughs> yep. Well, and, and you know, here's the thing. Collaboration is such a beautiful thing because, you know, in music, um, here in the States for years, we had Simon and Garfunkel. You had the Beatles. Um, you know, when you sing in a group like, like I sing in, I sing in a, in a gospel quartet, the, you bring your voices together and you blend those voices in harmony. And it can be a really cool thing. As you guys started to blend your voices together, what were you noticing that people were gravitating to the most about valuable business conversations? I think they just. Are you stunned that I asked a really good question? Folks, this is organic conversation. I am not yeah. going to apologize for the format no. of this podcast. We like that. We like that. We like to think. Um, for me, I think I'm always surprised about the fact that people, and I'm always, I always see this in my coaching journey as well. People say, yes, I know. I know. 
But really, we do know what we often do know what we need to do, right? It's the action behind it. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they get stuck in that, oh, I know I need to do that. Well, why haven't you done it, right? Well, what's the next? I don't know the next step or I don't know the half a step. And I think that has been the bit. It's like we're showing people the half a step. And I have mm-hmm. this big thing, Brian, about these coaches, nothing mm-hmm. against high-level, high or expensive coaching. I don't, right? But I do have an issue where there are a lot of people asking for 10000 $50,000, $75,000 programs, right? And mm-hmm. some people can't afford it. And they, 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 they go and do it. And, you know, that's their responsibility, I understand. But, you know, really, paying $75,000 doesn't give you a better program. Good point. Right? Yeah. So the more expensive, but I also don't think it gives you a better handbag either, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I look at, look at the value you're getting, right? And, and, and look for what you need. So our idea with Valuable Business Conversations was to have, you know, programs that are high value. example definitely and getting back to your original um question brian what were we finding when we started to collaborate um what what were people i think your question was what what were people's reactions i or or i can't remember now but my first um reaction was people wanted to join us because we made it look fun and it is fun when you collaborate Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people saw sandy and i doing what we were doing and we were having a laugh, even though, you know, sometimes the conversations are quite serious. And right now it's, you know, lots of conversations are serious, but we're still managing to, to have a laugh. And I think you can do that when you're in a group of like-minded people. Wouldn't you say, Sandy? Yeah, I do. And I, and I think it's also the, the how, mm-hmm. right? The how, like business can become really overwhelming because you can be thinking all the time about, how much money have I got? How much can I spend? I want to grow, blah, blah, blah. Right? Yeah. And it, there's all this stuff. And it doesn't need to be... I, I look at valuable business conversations in this way, that it's like a whirlpool, Brian, right? We all get in the pool together, all this T and I to begin with, and we start doing a whirlpool, right, in your pool. And uh, did you ever do that? As a kid? Get in the pool and everybody runs one way? Right? So if it's just D&I, yes, we can catch yes. the whirlpool, but it's bloody hard work, Right? Because we're going to do a lot of running, although I probably need that day at the moment. But we. Oh, can, I used to do the whirlpool by myself you because you know you you would get that and you'd be like, I've got the whirlpool all to myself. We get we get you in the pool, and then we get another ten, we get another fifteen, we get another twenty, we get we get a couple of hundred people, we get a few thousand people in the pool, right? And the whirlpool, we don't have to work as hard. The whirlpool mm. is really going, and that's how I see business. That if we can all come together. And, and it's not about coming together and, and me taking all of these profits or mm-hmm. making this whirlpool because I believe that there is no scarcity. There is only one Sandy Colombo and that is it, right? And there's yep. you know, only one D Mills in the world. So, so whatever it is that you bring to the table to offer, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Right. right? Exactly. So, so collaboration is about everybody jumping in the pool, the right people, the people who get win-win, the people who get, you know, um, they're, not, they're, not, they're not worried about scarcity. 
and we start all marketing and working together. Valuable business conversations is just to be a shell. That's, that's, that's all it really is so that we can all come together and market and be heard as independent business owners or businesses. Well, and again, I, I think you've hit on something really good there that I want to park on for just a minute before we pivot is that a lot of folks out there are selling their expertise at whatever dollar amount it is, you know, whether it's, it's a hundred dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, they're selling you something that they believe because they have a secret sauce that they can they can command x amount of dollars and that was really the impetus as to why i started the intentional encourager podcast and why i talked a lot on linkedin a few months back and started using the hashtag intentional encouragement because i started seeing a lot more experts than i did encouragers <laughs> and, and and there's nothing wrong with experts trust me we all have expertise in certain areas i i've i've had i've got nearly 25 years this year will be 25 years for me in customer engagement sales and sales management so i have a lot of experience i have a lot of wisdom and i could say i i feel like i'm an expert in customer engagement but rather i would like to say I want to be an intentional encourager because there's a lot of experts and very few encouragers. Ooh, right. And 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 I think you want to be in the space of being where where not a lot of people are. When we talk about and and here's where I want to pivot. When we talk about business and things like that, for both of you, what was the biggest obstacle that you've that you've had to overcome in your business and how did you overcome it we're still overcoming it aren't we g yeah d go ahead and go ahead i'll start with you and then we'll pivot to sandy yeah. on yeah, that no, question I, yep the biggest obstacle in my own business is myself <laughs> And so what I do to overcome that is I get a coach. It just, it just has to happen that way. Um, you know, there's everything else is a process. It's in, in business as a business owner and a business leader. It is your, mm -hmm. I, I believe you are your own obstacle mm -hmm. and you need to get that. And you need to have those honest conversations with yourself and get a coach in to help you to overcome those obstacles because it's all mindset. Mm -hmm. That's me. Sandy, what <laughs> was, what's been, what's been your biggest obstacle that you've overcome in your business or your life? Okay, I'm not going to say me, but it was, it was me as well. Um, um, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to say for me, for me outside of that would be um, being heard. Um, and I think that LinkedIn offers a really good platform to be heard. But also, it's it's that consistency of of doing it and and getting a platform in a way that is congruent for me, mm -hmm. because I know plenty of people, Ryan, on LinkedIn who have sort of you know gotten gotten to influence a stage mm -hmm. through ways that I wouldn't do. Right. <laughs> right. And 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 no judgment on that. It's just not my 
my way. I, I, to me, I think slow and steady wins the race. Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree. Right. And, and how would you be a leadership facilitator and coach if you weren't congruent with your own values? It wouldn't work. That's right. That's right. So, so I think I think those things, um, and just doing it all myself, you know, that that that's hard. That's why it's sort of really great to collaborate with someone like Dee because one, I um, have been able to, you know, have VAs and have virtual assistants to come into my business and help me, right? So it's it's a lower cost and it's it's helping other people. But also too, I've had somebody else to bounce ideas off and collaborate with. Um, and that's, that is how um, valuable business conversations really started. Um, and that's why we want to work with other people. We only see that as a win-win because when we, when we collaborate with other people like you, and we, we're expanding, but we're expanding in a way that we're adding value. We're not expanding just collecting ticks on a, you know, oh, I got, I mean, I do have 27,000 followers, but, you know, they're not all engaged. Right. You know? At the end of the day, I'd rather have, you know, 5,000 followers that were all, or 500 followers that were totally engaged than 27 that aren't. Well, and it's about connecting with those people one-on-one -on -one individually and sharing and giving, you know, yeah. because we have become a society of sharing, but we become a society of sharing what's important to us yeah. instead of sharing things that will help someone else. So I want to step back, Sandy, and I'll ask you this and we'll pivot to D. So what now is your why, either in your personal life or in your business life? What's your, what's your internal why? Well, for me, I was um, in a travel business many years ago. Sorry, D. Poor D's heard this a million times. Uh, but I was in a travel business many years ago, back in 2003, and I had two little boys who were quite at school yet um, and very had lots of energy and whatever else. And I went to work for this business. He was um, the owner of the business. I'd worked for him before. And I basically, he was the business was $70,000 in the red. And I went in part-time, Brian, because, you know, of course, <laughs> part-time, you know, yeah, I just want a few hours a week. And I ended up working 70 hours a week. And I remember at one point... Um, That's a whale of a part-time job, Sandy. I know, but I wasn't paid for it either, Brian, which was you know, even, even worse, you know. Um, so You kind of uh, sound like American businesses, you know, hire a worker 30 hours a week and, and they're part-time and they work 60, you know, so to, keep from, to keep from paying yeah. benefits. Yeah, yeah. Well, it got worse because, of course, I had both my children in creche, you know, creche daycare, um, I think you call it over there. And, um, and my creche my crash bill was actually $5,000 more than what I earned before tax. <laughs> so I actually went back. That's a lot of people here in the United States. They work for daycare and then they have to pay more to supplement. Absolutely. Yeah. So you got, there was all this pain, right? So yeah. much pain. And yeah. on top of that, I ended up with panic attacks and anxiety. My husband was running his own business. Um, and it looked really, it was just, I, I probably, if I was honest, I was a perfectionist. And I just couldn't control everything. And I, I think back of that time then to very similar of the time now for a lot of people. I just felt mm -hmm. like I was completely in control of nothing. And I, and I, and it was just, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. I, I just remember saying to people, if I just didn't have to sleep, I would be fine. But I, I wasn't productive either. It was, it was just 
awful and these panic attacks and anxiety. I didn't even know what anxiety and panic attacks were. I'd never even heard of it. And then mm-hmm. I said one day to my friend, if this is life, then I, I'm not that keen about going on. Wow. And he just went, wow, hang on a minute, Sandy. That's not, that's not, think, that's not okay thinking. That's a below the line thought sort of thing. And I went, what are you talking about? Isn't this just being 30 something with two young kids and all the, all the, all the pressures? And he went, no. And, and so then through that process, I found out what anxiety was and what um, panic attacks were. And I, I, I went through the process. Fast forward, you know, 11 years, that business through me doing a whole lot of personal development work through NLP and a whole lot of other different courses and my coaching and whatever else, that business sold for $15 million. Wow. So what taught me, Brian, was that sometimes those really tough tough times that you don't think you can get through that we're right when you do get through them you can you have we each have the power in ourselves to turn it around and i just didn't want anybody else to go through what i went through because it was really really hard that's (laughs) powerful that's powerful d what what is your why what 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 brings you to that place of of your inner why So, Brian, I've worked for small businesses and large businesses, and I saw the same pain points in in both of them, and that that was resources, you know, trying to achieve what you can achieve with limited um, resources. So, when I was actually introduced to outsourcing, I sort of thought to myself, oh, it's just for the big end of town, it's call centre work, you know, this doesn't work for small businesses. I um, I love going for the underdog. I don't know if you guys use that terminology. Absolutely. And I, yeah, and I saw that outsourcing ethically and responsibly, so doing it right, meant that it could be a win for the underdog, that small business, um, to be able to level the playing field and to grow sustainably and successfully and to compete um, uh and so, yeah, so I decided I wanted to get involved. So, um, so I can't, became, I was a skeptic at outsourcing and then changed it because my three concerns around outsourcing were, um, uh, it's just for the big end of town. Um, I'm concerned that people locally will lose their jobs if, if companies decide to outsource. And then what about the actual person on the other end doing all the work? How do they get treated? Once I saw that there was a way to, um, overcome those three challenges and to actually help the underdog, I said, I'm in. So for me, it was about making sure it's a win-win all the way along. So it's a win for that small business who uh, wants to take it to the next level um, and grow sustainable. And it's a win for the person. And in my case, if they're in the Philippines, they're getting paid correctly. They're getting their, their health insurance and benefits. It's similar to the US. And, mm-hmm. and that community in the Philippines um, is also growing because they're being employed in a dignified way. So um, the story in the Philippines is a lot of people travel overseas because the, there's not enough work in the Philippines. And so they're traveling overseas to be someone's maid, you know, mm-hmm. and to work seven days a week, to not be able to call home. They don't have mobile devices, that kind of thing can be quite strict. Um, so for me, I was providing a dignified job opportunity for someone in the Philippines so they could go home to their families every night. So it was about putting people first, mm-hmm. um, and and I and 
that's why I find this whole pandemic pandemic thing very interesting because quite clearly we can see the companies that are putting people first and the ones that are putting money first. So don't get me wrong, Every and Sandy has said this, it's about you want to be in business to make a profit, but not at the expense of humans, I think. <laughs> so that's my why is to, to um, help the underdog businesses. Oh, yep. You've got one big why. Tell about tell the story because people can't see you. So tell tell the story about your mum. My mum. My mum is is um is a Filipino. She travelled. Wow. She left. She she left the Philippines in the late sixties, early seventies, um because it was under um the Marcos rule at the time. She wanted to go to the States, but the line up to, to get into the States back then was too long and no one was standing in line to go to Australia. So she went, you know what, I'm going to go to Australia. She was a qualified teacher. Um, so yeah, so she's never returned, you know, so this is when you outsource ethically and responsibly, you are able to give somebody the opportunity to have a job in their home country and stay with their family. I mean, no regrets. My mum's moved to Australia and I, now I exist, but um, yep. yeah, Ooh, sorry. Oh, I nearly <laughs> dropped the camera. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting in my kids half finished. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's great. <laughs> that's great. D I want real, as we wrap up our podcast, share with the audience your biggest piece of intentional encouragement and Sandy, I'll ask you to do the same thing as we wrap up our time together on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Oh, my biggest, say that again, share your, my... Your biggest piece of intentional encouragement. Oh, Sandy, you go first. I need to think about this. I oh. do too, Dee. Um, I, I would think, Brian, is... For me, it would be... Really... Think about the other person. Put the other person first. As human beings, and I, I, I say this with a lot of love, they're very selfish, right? Mm -hmm. I'm selfish. We're all mm -hmm. selfish because we see it. We see everything in our world through our lens. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest challenge for us is not to be judgmental, right? Because we're seeing it through our world. So if I'm really good at sport and you're mm -hmm. not, mind you, I'm not, um, it'd be easy for me to say, well, Brian, you know, just do it. What's wrong with you? You know, sort of thing. Whereas um, I think we need to, to really look at it and think what is the one really good thing that, that Brian's doing or that person's doing rather than focusing on the thing that they haven't done. Dee, what's your biggest piece of intentional encouragement? <laughs> I'm still stuck on that. Um, I think yeah, we need to think about the people. That would be mine. Always think about the people that are involved, um, similar along the lines of what Sandy has said, I think. People first. People first, yeah. I have got to tell you, this is, this is arguably going to be one of the more interesting Intentional Encourager podcasts. This is, we have done it here, um, where I am in the United States, over to Sydney, Australia, Sandy Colombo and D Mills. Tell folks where they can find you and find your resources. 
just jump on LinkedIn for me and, and, and Sandy. So D Mills um, and Sandy Colombo. You can also jump into LinkedIn and look for Valuable Business Conversations. We have a group on LinkedIn and of course, valuablebusinessconversations.com. Um, yeah, that's where you can find us. Sandy Colombo and D Mills, thank you both so much. This has been a blast. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Meads. And the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. And until next time, remember, everyone, everywhere, at any time, and any place can be an intentional.